0: And we're live, and welcome to the first edition of Our Reviews Will Kill You. I am the man they know as Z, and I'm joined as always by my partners here Tommy B, Noob Noob. I have Crippling Depression. Crippling Depression. And we have the uh, writer, director, actor, most famous person I know. You should know him. Scott Keebler. Hey, hey. Star of uh, the Off 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 Broadway musical,
1: Sasquatch the Musical, and the caveman returns from Mars. Mars. Yes, yes. So, as always, we'll be reviewing the most
0: interesting things that we've seen on television and movies,
2: and what's on the docket today, Noob -noob? Doob? First up, we have It, uh, the new movie uh, that came out, so that's always interesting, uh, featuring sewer clowns. Sewer Sewer clown clown. children and their sewer clown friends, yes. I
0: just
1: watched this last night, why is it like five hours long? So uh, you saw the movie, did you see it twice, Scott? No. No, I just saw it one time. And it was like nine hours long. Yeah, I was like, uh, luckily I was able to lie in bed and watch it. It was, you know, cable. It's good. So you watched this at home? Yes. Yes. So that means that, uh, did it seem a little grainy to you? Uh, It's an old movie. (laughs) i mean i don't know why they just released it now it looked like they filmed it like 40 years ago so clearly scott uh saw the 90s edition
0: of it and uh noob noob and i saw the current edition of it that there's been 10 million commercials for and a different actor and different special effects you haven't seen any of them you should not have named it the same movie because now it's confusing well we all know that scott is easily confused so, before we start to spoil anything about it, um, you, you, why don't you tell us a little bit about the movie besides the sewer clowns? Uh,
2: well, I, I, I honestly don't know. I kind of blacked out when I saw clowns, and um, I, I had some recurring nightmares about my father touching me. So, um, you know, let, let's get past that point and my accidental in- crisis. Um but yeah so it follows a group of young children um after the disappearance and murder of uh another young children There's loved the children yeah, there's just children dying. <laughs> there's children everywhere and um, their sewer clown friends yeah so uh, you know it follows a group of kids that want to investigate the disappearance/murders slash of uh some missing teens around Derry i think it's in Maine i don't know there's probably lobster's there um <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it kind of, uh, at a basic level, um, it's children following around a clown trying to search for why they got murdered. Um, well, we don't need to, we'll, we'll, we'll spoil the rest of the movie,
0: because, you know, I think the basic plot of sewer clowns and their children is, is good enough.
1: How do you spoil a movie that's been remade from, what, 20 years ago? Is I know, because uh, that's part of it, too, because uh, everybody's like, oh, is there going to be a sequel? But clearly,
0: uh, there's going to be a sequel... I think the original it, as Scott saw, has been on every cable network, round the clock, uh, people just exploiting the old one, and, and we'll probably talk about some of the differences between the old one and the new one, too. Uh, as far as I felt about the movie, I really enjoyed it. I thought uh, the acting was fantastic. I thought the special effects were really good. I thought they did a good take on Pennywise, the Dancing Clown. And um, overall, I, I was very pleased with the movie. I, I definitely would recommend it. It was not a waste of my time. So anybody who's thinking about going out to see it, definitely do it. I think it'll be known as a modern horror classic at some point. And uh, good for the people who put it together because I thought it was going to be a giant shit show when they first said it was coming out and they were going to remake it. So what
2: did you think, New? Yeah, no, I, I thought it was a fantastic movie. Um, well, I mean, in terms of modern horror, most of them are, are pretty shit, so this was definitely on the top echelon of, of that. Low bar, low bar. Pretty much, yeah. So uh, the opening scene, I think, was really what set the tone for it. Very rapey clown, um, yeah, for The sure. opening scene is
0: exactly the same as, well, Scott's every morning, <laughs> but that being said, it's almost exactly the same as the 90s remake. I, which, I, I mean, I, there were subtle differences, but I thought that was a, I don't know if that was an homage or, or what, what do you so think? So, what part is my every morning? Waking up in the sewer, or?
1: Because I want to do my, I want to break out my, my Pennywise impression. Ironically enough, morning. that is my, most of my mornings is waking up in the sewer and speaking to children through my yeah. sewer breaks. <laughs> so, so, I, I just want to interject here. Georgie, her. meet Scotty. Scotty, meet Georgie. We're not strangers anymore. We're not strangers anymore. See that that
2: on with Yoda? Yeah, that was a little shitty there. That's I really need to work on that a little better. Um, but I, I I just need need to interject here, Scott. You had one fucking job, and it was to watch this goddamn movie. And you watched the nineteen ninety Tim Curry New York Jew version. He told oh, me to so watch it. Shut the fuck up while I'm talking. Um, <laughs> what I really want to hear is why you didn't see it. And before I even get to that, because whatever you say is it, completely though. it doesn't matter. It's not the one we want to talk about. And I just want to say that you are an obese fucking mule that is a failure, and I hope you have a fucking heart attack so big, it kills your whole fucking family. Just because we're here today to talk about it, and we can't do it because you're just going to reference a New York Jew speaking to fucking children, and that is horrible because that entire 1990s version sucked so much dick, my father almost went straight. Alright, first off,
1: yes, you're right, the original version, although... Start out like a decent movie once you got to the end of it. And I don't think I'm spoiling a movie from fucking 1990s. Spoiler alert, by everybody. Spoiler the way, alert. But 1990s. The, the very end of the movie was super disappointing when you find out what the creature was. But if you're going to remake a movie and give it the same exact name, yes, you're going to cause confusion. I don't care if you use some other, like, It Returns or something silly like that to make it clear that this isn't the same movie from 1990. And yes, I knew about the new movie. That was funny for a minute there. But no, I didn't have a chance. I watched the other one, so at least I wasn't completely in the dark here. Well, what they could have done is, uh, you know, maybe like Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
0: They were like, uh oh, let's do this as uh, It, the new edition. Or It, well, you said It Returns, but I don't like that one. I like It, the new yeah, edition. No, it, it Returns something. like a sequel. Well, which uh, we'll, we'll talk about that point. So I guess um, the consensus is Scott should see the movie because it is worth it was worth our time seeing it. And uh, I think it's your, worth your time seeing it, too. Uh, definitely a good movie. I think it rated really high on Rotten Tomatoes. And uh, Scott, go see it. People we'll talk about it
1: sometime, and you can get confused in the rest of this. I mean, don't worry about spoiling it from me. You can go ahead and talk about it. It's not going to tell anything from me. I want to know, because Tim Curry actually did a real good job. Did this Bill Skarsgård guy pay proper homage to Tim Curry? Okay, so let's get into the point. We've we've decided that it's
0: a worthwhile movie to see. Let's get into the actual, uh, we're going to start spoiling the movie for everybody. So anybody who doesn't want to watch, you can, uh, Just
1: put us on mute while we talk about this, but we will just go in-depth into the rest of this movie. if you savor your ears, just put us on mute for the rest of this episode, and it'll be better for your life.
0: (laughs) Stop wasting your time (laughs) listening to us. So, Tim Curry versus Skarsgård. So, I think the interpretations are different, and I think, you know, Tom and I had gotten to a couple disagreements over it because he's really you know not into the old movie and I have a lot of nostalgia for it uh something I grew up with and I know Pennywise is definitely one of those horror figures that can't be you know once you see this kid you're never going to unsee it it just scars you I mean Pennywise to me is on the same level as Jaws and Freddy Krueger and and hasn't been given maybe hasn't been given his due And, and obviously Tim Curry is is a phenomenal phenomenal actor uh, but I have a different take on it than, than what Tom thinks. You go right ahead and, and destroy our Tim Curry legacy, Tom.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, while I mean, I've seen snippets of the original Tim Curry, um, just to compare the voices and, you know, the mannerisms and everything. Um, ah, yeah, that's... Hey, Georgie! That's not good at all. That's really <laughs> fucking terrible. Um, so anyway, uh, Bill Skarsgård's... You know, take on the character. It's a lot more demonic, and it, it definitely is definitely going for that horror vibe of, of creepy and eerie. Um, and he nails it in that way. His voice is, you know, very very eerie. You know, it makes you think that uh, he's going to do some weird shit to you in the sewer for but sure. But at some
0: point, see, I think the big difference, and, and this is where we were going with it, was that t- Tim Curry's interpretation was he's a a friendly clown. He's trying to attract these children. And my my point was... If you notice in almost every single scene... Where he's talking to one of the kids... They did some sort of CGI effect... Where they kind of like shine the kids eyeballs. You'll see there's like a light in each kid's eyeballs... That's talking to the Skarsgard Penny Pennywise. That Pennywise never pretended to be human. No one ever even mistaken him for human. He was just, it was like as if it was a a creature pretending to, like, didn't even know how to interact with humans. It just knew it could feed off fear and and found some garbage in the sewers that it could, like, impersonate. Whereas I feel like the Tim Curry version, you know, he was, first of all, he talked more, and he was way more trying to psychologically interact with them versus just showing them their fears. It was like, you know, he, he's trying to mess with you where the Pennywise in the new version is just straight up. I, there's no reason anyone should ever talk to that sewer clown. There's just no reason. He's yeah. super scary. And I th- so my point is, I think he was hypnotizing the kids in the newer one. So they had no, you know, you would see Scar's and be like, that guy's. there's no way you should be talking to that clown. I mean, regardless of the fact that he's in the sewer. But if you talk to Tim Curry, he's kind of like doing a take of like Bozo the Clown. Like, oh, hey, kiddos, I'm pretty funny here. And then all of a sudden, you you know, the kids think he's kind of amusing and then he suckers you in and then he eats you. Whereas this, this guy, there was nothing. If you saw him on the street, you're running and screaming like there's just no way you're
2: talking to that guy. Yeah, I mean, I guess that brings us to, at least to my first point with that opening sewer scene with Georgie, which is probably the most iconic of the original and, and definitely recreated massively um, in the remake in 2017. Uh, it, I just don't understand, logically, how can you make that leap of who the fuck would go into the sewer with this goddamn clown? I mean, in the in the Tim Curry version, sure, it, it, you know, he looks like, a I guess, a friendly clown that probably wants to stick it in your ass. But at any point... <laughs> This new one definitely doesn't, A, look like a fucking human at all. He looks like a giant goddamn alien with a fucking penis head. And then, you know, he's talking about fucking popcorn and, and balloons and weird shit. And, you know, who the fuck would want to go on the sewer with this guy? Like, how many extra chromosomes does this Georgie have? To want to go down there, I mean, he probably deserved to die at that point because he's a fucking failure at life. <laughs> <laughs> but so that's the point. You're talking about completely
1: suspending belief. Then, at least with the first one, yes, later on in the film, he did come out and start to do like some hypnotic shit. He came after the one dude in the 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 uh, insane slime afterwards. But yes, you had to trick the kids to come close to you in the first place, playing on things that they wanted and fears and stuff the like that. Like that's the whole concept. So now with the new concept, it's just pretty much. I'm going to hallucinate and, and make them... I'm going to transfix them from the very start, and now there's no play involved.
0: Well, that's where I, I genuinely believe that they were going for that, Like, and they used some of the CGI effects, which actually I, I brings me to uh, another point about this movie. Uh, what a fantastic blend of practical and CGI effects. I mean, I know Tom's probably going to disagree with me, but I thought that the CGI... Well, first of all, you can't compare it to the 90s one, because the 90s one... I'm sure, Sky, you can attest it, just not well edited. They clearly had no budget to do anything. It just was not up to par. I, it just doesn't hold up. The only thing in my mind that holds up from the 90s version is Tim Curry's performance. Well, the acting the 90s about
1: one was just... A time in the world where special effects wasn't what sold the movie. You had to have suspense. You had to have story. You had to have... Yeah, but you trans- had practical, practical effects back then. You're talking about the same period. It came out in 1990. It's not like it came out in the 80s. Like...
0: Star Wars practical effects are better, and that came out in the 70s. Like, so You could have done practical effects that were better, but they I just think their budget sucked, and they just didn't care to do anything. The other thing that I thought was interesting, I think I'm I am bouncing around here, is uh, with the practical effects. It's interesting, Tim Curry came from a movie... One of the reasons why he took Pennywise and he didn't—he he wanted the effects to be like regular clown effects was because he just got done doing the movie. Uh, he had just done Legend with Tom Cruise and uh, noob noob, look that up. You got to see the practical effects on this. I mean, Tim
1: Curry plays a devil character. Have you ever seen this guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's a, a long eclectic. time ago, but yeah, it's definitely it's definitely one of those like iconic ones that. It's a it's a, it's a it's oldie
0: it at some the, point. Yeah, people don't often see this movie, but it's something that you need to sh- see some point in your life. You have to see Tim Curry, and uh, Tom Cruise is a little fay in it. Uh, he has the shortest shorts I think I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh,
1: this was wasn't this like one of his first movies too? He's yeah, like, he's like ten years old.
0: Yeah, and Tom Cruise is ten years old, and he plays like a uh, human warrior who's trying to save his girlfriend, who's super smoking hot from uh the devil essentially and it has to do with unicorns and it it, i mean it's just raw fantasy and tim curry i mean knocks it out of the park he's wearing like 10 foot long horns and he is just on another
1: level in that movie on a side note i realized i forgot completely that was mia sarah was the girlfriend and yeah she is like an absolute ten Uh, there's a
0: point where she uh, she gets that that costume. She's dancing around the ballroom and she's wearing like the sexy like evil girl costume. And she's got the black lipstick. And I was like,
1: I don't know how old I was at the time, but I was definitely in love. And definitely ready. had to change her pants afterwards. He <laughs> said, all of a sudden your zipper was, was a little sticky or having trouble getting it. So new Noob, new Noob,
0: Noob noob's mission now is going to have to be to watch. Uh, you're going to have to watch Legend <laughs> <laughs> with Tom Cruise. Yeah. no
2: Legend. Yeah, I mean, I I just looked it up on here. It it looks like it's from 1985. Uh, The synopsis on IMDb, or whatever the fuck it's called. IMDb. Whatever. Um, Shut the fuck up. D.B. There's a young man must stop the Lord of Darkness from both destroying daylight and marrying the woman he loves.
0: There's a lot of phallic symbols in it, too, so you probably get a kick out of it. I know the unicorn... Horn and you know if you rub it the right way special sauce comes out it's a rainbow. special rainbows Not special <laughs>
2: rainbows yeah the, the first image I saw when I typed this into Google was some giant horned red motherfucker that's um, Tim Curry a mouth wide open ready to take at least an 8 inch long dick um, I, I don't have that believe me guys um, but, uh, yeah, it, I, don't, I don't know if I'm ever going to see this because, one, it's not Blu-ray, so fuck anything that's not Blu-ray. <laughs> um, also, it's from 1985, and I swear to God if Tim Curry sounds like a New York Jew again, He's... I'm probably going to go Dude, fucking he, cry in the closet. You need to stop. You can't disrespect Tim Curry. One of the
0: greatest character actors of, uh, oh my, uh, what else is he famous for? Um, scary Movie no. Rocky horror picture show? Yeah. I mean just that I'm alone. Just the
2: sweet transsexual Transylvanian.
1: <laughs>
2: Go yeah, ahead, move keep going. On. We'll, we'll wait. It's do cold. you want to do I can do the whole I can do the whole thing? Nobody, nobody wants to hear that. We'll probably dress like
1: that. Only if you're in the costume though. That's the only way that will allow you to do the whole thing. I'll do it. Don't don't uh so that's all. Now I, I'm going. But through seriously, here. I'm,
0: Tim Curry needs a little bit of props. Come I, on. I,
1: I'm trying to go through real fast and just find like guy, some of the movies that to, he is most, he, well, most famous for. well, he's definitely most famous for. on that note, he's done a million things. I've been scrolling through, and but he's definitely one of the greatest character actors of, oh, of, at, of at a sure, generation. Absolutely, seriously, I, I don't I, Pennywise. Regardless of what
0: you think, New Noob, You gotta remember, if you've seen the whole thing, and I love uh, John Ritter and uh, who else is in that? The funny, what, Seth Green's in that? It is just so badly acted. I mean, trying to see John Ritter do drama is a little unfortunate. I think it was a little outside of his wheelhouse, but I mean, the acting in that movie was brutal. And, uh, you know, the fact that he could even make something out of it, considering, you know, most. Stephen King interpretations from the 80s and 90s were just god-awful. I think Tim Curry deserves at least a little bit of credit for carrying it out. He has nothing else to go off of. Like, no one had ever adapted this thing before. So I, I think it's definitely worth while saying,
2: stop ripping my man. He's hot. Leave him alone. Tim, Tim has blown it for I mean, I, listen, I like Tim Curry, and I understand the view and, you know, the portrayal that he was going for in that movie, and it's, it's absolutely 100% accurate. I mean, he was going for a more humanized clown as opposed to this demonic figure in, in the new version. Um, so in that regard, he absolutely nails it. But again, his voice, I, after listening, see, I, uh, just a disclaimer, guys, I saw the original It when I was very, very young, so I don't remember it, other than when my dad touched me afterwards so after that i saw the new it with my mother who also touched me afterwards so um we're probably gonna edit that out but who knows even if i'm gonna call the police anyway (laughs) um so (laughs) anyway uh i mean it was was a great take and i like the voice is really what stuck with me uh the whatever um you You don't like his voice i (laughs) get it i get it.
0: I think if you knew where he came from and if you knew the clowns prior to him, like if you think about famous clowns, he was literally, he. his take was literally the It creature is a shapeshifter that took the shape of a clown, whereas uh, I don't really look at the It in the new one as much of a shapeshifter as it is, like, because it, it clearly can do things that Tim Kirk, like was elongating itself and changing its form and you know, literally towards the end, uh, and I know that's where some of the CGI comes in, like they're fighting the thing and, and, uh, you know, it, it shows various iterations of itself and it, and it can, it can clearly transform, but I, I, I feel like he was committed to being like, I'm the clown iteration of this. And where is, you know, Skarsgård is, is demonic the entire time. He's like, he's a, he's a freak in the movie. I mean, the, the guy who I, I don't know him from anybody, uh, Who's his dad? Who's dad? Skarsgård. Who's his dad? Oh, uh, Stellan Skarsgård from the Thor movies and other shit. Well, Stellan is, is I think he's an amazing actor. Um, uh, clearly his kid can act. I'm glad the kid got, you know, some some uh, a chance to redo. I mean, I, I can't tell you how much of a train wreck I thought this thing was going to be. Because, you know, you're trying to adapt a Stephen King book. Which is nearly impossible. Look, we just had Gunslinger. Uh, What the heck was that? The Dark Tower with the Gunslingers. And that bombed. Nobody was happy with it. Nobody felt like it was really doing the movie justice, or the books justice. And then have it come out, and it's almost like a revelation, Uh, the movie was really, I was just really impressed. It was really good. Uh, Why don't we talk about some of the finer points of the movie that, as much as I love the movie, there was a couple of things that hurt me. I'm not sure if they were thematic. And then we'll talk about maybe some Easter eggs and some of the other things that I saw in the movie. Let's start with the, the adults in in Derry. Derry, me. Uh, if you know anything about Stephen King, Castle Rock Entertainment, the majority of his books and, and movies are set in Castle Rock. Castle Rock's really a figurehead for a ton of uh, different things that happen. And uh, the majority of his movies and, and books and things are, are based in either... Some part of me, Banger Mean or Dairy Mean. And uh, I, I always find that interesting. The The town setting was really cool. It looked just like it was out of the 80s. The original movie is supposed to be out of the 60s. There's a couple throwbacks to that. But the, all of the adults, every single adult in that movie, was a total scumbag. Uh, and I, I, I don't know. Can you chalk that up to the creature, or is that just. I don't
1: remember the 90s movie if it was like that. Well, in the, in the 90s movie, it absolutely was that way, because the concept was that every 30 years a disaster happened, and the adults knew about this. And every 30 years, it was mostly children dying. So the adults absolutely detached themselves from the kids in the town and were absolute assholes. I mean, in the, in the new one,
0: every single adult without fail, like, there's not even, like, uh, oh, my God, what's the main kid? Georgie's brother, Bill. Bill. Bill's dad is a jerk. I mean, they're all jerks. Like, it, It's just kind of unreal how how they're all like completely oblivious and, and don't care. I didn't
1: particularly like that. I don't know. It just didn't really float with me. It's also a way to make you more sympathetic towards the children, so that is a plot device that they'll use. But you can't make them so much of an asshole that's like, oh my god, every one of these parents should be taken away. I, that's really what it kind of felt like, is that
0: all the parents, you know, just even like the librarian was like a creep. You know, uh, Ben, the one kid, uh, he's sitting there in the library looking up the history of Derry, and the librarian creeps up on him, and she's like, shouldn't you be playing outside? And it's like, dude, this kid's interested in being in the library, you're telling him to get out. So I, I thought that was uh, kind of weird. You know, it, it is what it is. I'm not going to gripe too much about that. Uh, one thing I do actually want to debate with you guys is the Bechdel test. So, for those who don't know, the Bechdel test... If you ask me to take my pants off, I'm leaving I'm right not now. taking, no, because, no, that won't happen. Because
1: right. last time, we left a sour taste in my mouth.
0: Well, since you're such a feminazi, why don't you
1: explain the Bechdel test? I don't know what the Bechdel <laughs> test is. Oh, I know. So you go ahead and explain what the Bechdel test is. So, you know... You made this up, didn't you? No, I didn't. Uh,
0: so, okay, there's this interesting debate that goes on in Hollywood, and people talk about the uh, pay gap between women and all this other junk, which I don't believe in. I, I don't believe in the pay-wage gap, but I do believe that, you know, certain, in certain movies, like, typically, in most movies, women are just given roles where they're either girlfriends or they're whiny wives or there's something like this, and you never have two women actually having a conversation about something other than their boyfriends, and that's what the best test is is at any point in the movie, there are two women speaking to each other about something other than their sex lives with guys. And you get this loser's club, and the loser's club is, seems to be led by, I guess, what's the girl, the character's name, Beverly? Bev, yeah be- Beverly Marsh. Okay, so they, they're led by Beverly, and while she this girl, she's a fantastic actress, she's going to go on to win awards, I, this girl's she's great. But... She, th- th- she never speaks to another female in the entire movie. And she's the only woman in the movie besides, what, the, the one librarian? Like, And there's six dudes. I mean, I know it's, we're asking for a train. And yes, the Stephen King movie, or no, the Stephen King book ends with a train on Bev. Yes, you heard that right. The book ends with a train on Bev.
1: Every guy takes their turn with Bev. So, um... Oh, I thought you meant, like, an actual train. I was like a like, choo-choo? Wow, like a choo-choo train. I was like, wow, that was a very different twist than what the movie was. Oh, actually, no, they're running a train, brother. Oh, well, now I'm interested again. <laughs> I need to read this
0: book. <laughs> so, Ben like, has no interaction with any other women. So, uh, do you guys care? Does it matter to you? Did it, did it take any, anything from the
1: plot? I mean, I can only s- spoke on the first one, but actually it didn't really occur to me that that case had happened. New
2: dude? Yeah, so here, here's a little bit of fact check. Um, Scott mentioned a little earlier that it was every 30 years. He's a dumb, fat fuck. So it's actually every 27 years. Um, so get your shit straight or go wow. fucking jerk off in the bathroom and probably kill yourself afterwards because nobody loves you. Um, anyway, so, um, you know, initially, uh, you know, Bev Marsh, that, see, I don't really give a shit about the whole best or whatever the fucking B shit test is. Um, it, also, just a side note, that if... So it has to do with specifically if it doesn't relegate, uh, delegate to another male subject in their sex lives. So what's the more specifics of, of what, what actually counts as the Vestal or whatever the fuck it's called test? Okay, so there's two theories behind it. One is
0: that there's two women. All there has, This is the only thing to satisfy the Vestal test. Two women speaking to each other about anything, literally anything, other than their boyfriends or like their sex lives or something like that.
2: That's it. Oh, okay, so that's what I was about to say. So, if what if you know Bev and some other random teacher just started scissoring, and you know that's obviously child porn and other weird shit that I'm totally into. Um, just, never mind. Um, so if it just has to be outside of, of of the sex realm is essentially the main goal here.
0: And there, well, there's there's a a, a newer theory too. There's there's a rarity to it where, um, and this is actually pretty cool because it comes from Pacific Rim, which I'm super, I'm stoked. There's a second. Pacific Rim, I love the first one, I love Monsters Punching Robots, I can totally dig that, but uh, the one character, Mako Mori, uh, so again, that movie, which is very diverse and has a lot of diversity in Hollywood, and I'm not ready to debate the diversity in Hollywood thing, you know, we're three white guys here uh, talking about movies. So we know all about it. Yes, we know everything about diversity. Yes, I'm a gypsy, so I'm not white, so get a life. Anyway... The point is, uh, Mako Mori has a... So, the other component to this is that if a, a female has her own storyline that... Like, her own character arc that's independent of a boyfriend. So, in Pacific Rim, it's it's Mako, you know, earning the trust of her father figure and the whole thing. And she has her own story arc. It still passes. So, technically, Bev overcomes whatever crazy rapey child abuse thing... In, in the movie happens they hint strongly at you know Tom's incestuous childhood and they're talking about you know Bev seems to have this weird rapey relationship with her dad which oh yeah that's the other thing all the adults are very rapey in this I'm not really a big fan of that like there's definitely scenes where you know it looks like a guy who could ge- could easily be Scott sitting behind the counter of a drugstore giving this girl the business like oh we're gonna party after this
1: and yes, that has happened several times, and it never works. <laughs> uh, ever, just like in the, just, never, like in the movie, just like in the movie, it doesn't work. Now, yes, the in, the in the original one. Now that might be one of the things where they fucked up in the new movie because the original one it wasn't rapey vibe, you know. Bev there is had a her scene, issue though, with her father, but it was because the father was super no. But there's a scene where there was, there's a scene where there's those okay. There's two things in the
0: in the old one now. There's the scene with. Um, there's a scene with the bullies and the bullies are like doing this rapey thing with her and the adults just pass by. She makes a point of talking about it. And then there's there's another part where she talks about um, her, she has an uh, an abusive boyfriend or husband or something that she has to leave. So she clearly has her own plot line and she's the leader of the losers. She's the toughest one there. She's the one who sticks like in the new movie. She like, the other kids are like a bunch of giant pussies. Like, they're like beating up the character, like, it at the end. And these kids are like the biggest femmes that I've ever seen. Like, they just cannot take this thing down. And Bev comes up with like a freaking spike and chucks it right through his eye. Like, she goes to town on this thing. And uh, I mean, I think it's interesting that she does have her own caricature. Like, she, her arc gets completed. But at the same time, like it seems like it's something I, I want to talk about at some point where we compare this to Stranger Things. Do, so just to close the Vessel argument, I
2: don't know. What do you got, Do you guys think that her character arc was strong enough, or do you think they they messed that up? I, yeah, I mean, she definitely was a strong figure in, in some regard as stepping up to to it and Pennywise. Um, but I, I guess you, you do have a valid point in saying that she was always relegated to either a sidekick, or she was somehow involved in that that male weird hierarchy. Weird three-way. Yeah. I what's do. up with that weird three-way? Uh, yeah. So I, I I don't know if anyone who's uh, read the books and and all that. So uh, essentially, the scene is she wanted to be everyone's first love, which is essentially that whole sewer scene in, in the revamp 2017 it, um, where it's essentially insinuated child porn, where there's I fucking the living <laughs> shit out of her. Um, good thing she didn't have glasses, or good thing she had glasses because they're definitely becoming her eyes after that. Um, so it's definitely she wanted to be everyone's first love in the book. It's it's not how it's portrayed because that's a little too controversial for for a movie. Especially like you talk too. about the train that they run in the book and uh, the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely, cum and asses and, and tits and all that good stuff. And I'm probably gonna watch porn later. I'm a little horny now. Um, so. But anyway, she she wanted to be everyone's first love, which is insinuated that she wanted to be with them sexually after you know, after everything happened, each individual one. So she kinda of had six young children just kinda of have their way with her. So Well, they don't they don't have her way with her, at least in the book, until like she's older.
0: <laughs> after she's already been married and you know, it's not the, it's not the child thing. I just don't know if she actually... I, I, I like her character arc, but I think they could have done a little bit more with it. Hopefully they don't relegate her to something in the sequel. Uh, let's move on to something that I thought was pretty interesting. And uh, I never asked you this, Scott. Did you see Stranger Things? No. Scott, Scott doesn't actually watch anything. He's I just our insider opinion. He's, a, you know, as a director and actor, we just ask if... Uh, it hurt bad when they asked them to bend over in the
1: musical of Deliverance? As long as it pays. (laughs) You have heard the term gay for pay, and yes, it does pay. (laughs) So uh,
0: it's interesting because, you know, Stranger Things is a huge hit on Netflix. And for those who don't know anything about it, like Scott, it's totally worth seeing. And we could do a whole review on the second season when that comes out. Uh, I think it comes out this fall. What I'm thinking about is, it's in, what's interesting is you have the source material of It, which was written in the 80s, supposed to be in the 60s, but set in the 80s again for the remake. And you have source material that's based in the 80s, whereas you have Stranger Things, which is a nostalgia piece about the 80s. And I found that to be kind of interesting, where I felt that the movie It was more genuine in two hours, or whatever the runtime of that movie is, in, the, in that two hours, I felt it was more genuine than all of the whatever, 10 hours, however many episodes of Stranger Things there are. And I, thought, I found that really interesting where it, it was clearly Stranger Things is a collection of other people's ideas put together to, to make this like homage, which I still think is fantastic, very well acted. Everything about it is pretty banging. Uh, I really dig that show, but it seemed a little more genuine to me. And it's, I, I don't know, there, there was just something about it where, yeah, it paid homage to some of the things, like, uh, Easter Egg, there's a, there's a, the Silver, the one, uh, oh my god, why can't I remember this kid's name? Georgie's brother. Bill. Bill. So Bill has a bike named Silver, which is like, and they make fun of him about it. They're like, oh, you have this old-fashioned bike, and it's a, it's kind of a throwback to the movie, because the movie, he has a bike, and he rescues one of the guys, he's like, hi, ho, Silver, whatever. The point is, is that it really genuinely felt like it was set in the 80s, but it didn't feel like I was getting beat over the head with the fact that it was the 80s. But in Stranger Things, I'm sitting there thinking like, wow, you guys really want to make sure that I know this is the 80s. Like, and, and it's made by people who grew up through the 80s, whereas I feel like the director of the new It, who I can't remember his name is, Muschini or Muschini?
1: Thanks, fact checkers. Uh, Seriously, I'm reading about
2: this train that got ran on Beverly Marsh from the novel back in the day. <laughs> and, and just to interject with some actual facts here: uh, one, you know, way back when you referenced that it was in the '60s, uh, the original book was in the '50s, so fuck off. Um, secondly, the director of the new 2017 it is Andy Muschietti. Andy Muschietti, who did
0: uh, directed Mama, which uh, I never saw, so I don't, <laughs> I don't have an opinion on Mama. But has gotten some very good uh, feedback. People,
1: uh, uh, it seems like there's a lot of well, young new... Well, uh, as a new director, he's got eight credits, and four of them have not been released yet,
0: so... So he's working on a lot of stuff. But I'm telling you, man, uh, it, it, from a directorial standpoint, it really looked good, too. I mean, the way that he blended those practical effects and, and the uh, the CGI, I, I thought it was seamless. I, I, I just thought... It looked really, really, really good, and uh, just super creepy and a really fantastic
1: way of doing it. I just want to come to the defense of Bev here, because you were talking earlier about them running a tram on her, which I now want to see in the new movie. They won't. but Unfilmable. But in her defense, she only experiences orgasm while having intercourse with Bill and Ben. So she's not a total whore she was doing it to calm them down, but she only had orgasm with two of them. So, so you got that directly from the book? Um, no, it's some fan film webpage oh I have here. I hope that's not an interpretation and that actually actual. is this is, no, from this is the, the novel, Sewers novel only talks about that part where yes, they're all freaking out, so she says hey, let's calm these boys down by having sex with them. Wow. And yes, that's actually the, the, the what people got from reading the book there. But yes, they also got that she only had orgasm
2: with two of them, and apparently the other five just weren't as good. It's just not as good. Just not you're, good. You're focusing a little too much on the child porn aspect, Scott, so that's leading me to some questions. It's not the question. child porn They were adults, and it's in the novel. It's well, the child I, I feel porn. like in Scott's it's mind, not... they are ripe in 11 and bite in the pillow. <laughs> so, I. anyway, uh, back to that, you know, the whole silver and the bike thing, the, the Easter egg. Um, in the book and in the I think the original movie, which I I didn't see, just like unlike the opposite of Scott, I actually saw the new one because that's why I picked the two of you to be part of this losers' club
0: so that you could have differing opinions. One person saw the '90s, the other person saw the new one,
2: and let's go. Exactly, yeah. One person is essentially useless, and then there's me. Anyway. Moving on. Um, so there is uh, the whole silver reference in the in the bike. That may play a factor in Chapter 2, because essentially the, the initial movie was one long episode and miniseries on TV, as opposed to this new movie that is split into two. Um, so that's Chapter 1 and Chapter 2. So silver in the bike uh, that was referenced very briefly in the new 2017 movie may come up again um, in, in the new one. I think they did two shots of it, if I remember. From in, the, in, I in the original one, it does actually come back up.
1: Spoiler for you, you. nail, Take that shithead. <laughs> but yes, it does come up in the
2: second part of the storyline. Yeah, so a little more a little more facts behind that. Um, with, the, with the kids, it's their belief that silver kills monsters, and they view Pennywise as a monster. Um, and those silver slugs that they make gives them the power over it, and that's how they take them down.
0: Well, that's also from the 90s one, and they didn't use silver to beat up uh, Pennywise, they used their lack of fear and then just
1: brute strength. In the, the original, when they originally faced him in, as a clown, it was the silver, which actually, the one silver pierced his head and allowed the light to come out. They never actually did. It, it any was of that. later on when they came back and found the creature itself, which, oh my god, what a freaking disappointment at the end of the original movie. Tim, uh, Tim Curry actually said the same thing. He was super disappointed. Oh, in holy the end crap. Of that. But yeah, yeah, the silver did do anything to that and they instead had to rip its heart out, which, you know, I fully believe children are more than capable of. They just had to do a little cut him off. With their bare hands. Cut him off. Yes, Cut him off. Cut him off. Yes.
2: Right. Yeah, I guess that brings me to, to, to one of my main points here is that, at least for me, watching the, the 2017 version and how, you know, the final act happened in, in terms of, you know, taking down Pennywise, it essentially seemed like a clown version of Nightmare on Elm Street with a little more insinuated rape. So I, that's kind of what bothered me a little bit, that it was kind of just a rehash of, hey, we don't believe in you, 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 know, you have no fear in us anymore, so we're just going to beat you, and that's pretty much it, which seems like a pretty fucking gay cop-out. So, okay, what year did Nightmare on Elm
0: Street come out? And I definitely don't, I think, uh, just, uh, Steve King is, well, besides the fact that he's prolific, is a, a better writer than whoever did Nightmare on Elm Street. I think Nightmare on a Street was an interesting... 84. 84. So we're talking about the book coming out probably before then, I'm, I'm going to suspect. And obviously the movie doesn't come out till 90. But it's not... See, that, that's the interesting component too, where uh, Freddy genuinely was a child molester. Uh, the, the creature from it is not. Uh, the rapiness comes from the adults, really. It doesn't actually come from it itself. It just wants to eat people and feed off their fear. So I, I, I see what you're saying, but I really think what I liked it is, you know, normally the ending of movies are pretty tough to do. And, you know, you get a lot of bad endings of movies that just, just aren't satisfying. And I actually felt the end of this one was pretty satisfying. I, I found that they hinted to it before that when they were together and they weren't afraid... The creature really had no power over them. So what does that mean for the second one? That, you know, maybe it finds a way to get beyond that? Uh, I think it, it alludes to some other things, which I, I thought were pretty interesting. For, you know, having like that epic battle at the end where they're trying to get through it and not have to deal with some crazy monster. I thought it actually ended very well, you know. Uh, the one kid wanted to sacrifice himself because he's really hunting for his, his uh, missing brother. And he runs away to try to beat the creature on his own or sacrifice himself and then his friends come in and, and they stand together as a group and, and agree to you know make a pact after they beat it to, to, to beat this thing down again if it comes back. I, I like that. I thought it was good. I thought it was, it was a cute way to end the movie with the kids all like doing a like blood circle and all that stuff. Yes, I said cute and yes, I said blood circle.
1: So yes, I find that I okay. think all circles are actually rather cute when it comes down to it. That's why I enjoy them so much. So they're going to make this into a two-heart film. So now the second one is going to be centered around them as adults, correct? That, well, nobody knows, but I'm that's 900% theory, sure the theory behind it. it, and that's pretty yeah. damn close. It's going to come back in 30 years when and they're all, like, in a couple covering. of things to look for. And, and Casting's going to suck, And because I just watched his last night, it's really fresh in my head. And when in, then they do remake it as they're adults, a couple things they really need to do. One, make sure that they don't have to go through a little gnome door at the end there to find the Icarus creature spider half-man thing that <laughs> destroyed the end of the movie. Because, oh my god, I understand this movie was made freaking for They did hint on. at that, Holy though. Crap. I will say, uh, at the end of the new one, they kind of hinted at
0: it being like a spidery creature. It was, it, the weird part is like the CGI at the end, it's kind of morphing into a whole bunch of different things. So I'm really kind of hoping they stick with that theme and don't give it a final form. Which I think, let's, let's move on to uh, a couple Easter eggs that I saw besides the silver, uh, the high ho silver bike thing. So there was definitely an homage in one of the scenes to our favorite Tim Curry Pennywise. There's a scene where one of the kids, and, uh, oh, you know who it is? It's the kid who was actually in Stranger Things, and that's what the allusion to Stranger Things really caught my eye. One of the funniest kids in the show, the kid with the glasses, and maybe Noob can find out what his name is. Um, one of the kids, who's like, he, he, he runs his mouth all the time, he's really funny, is actually the star of Stranger Things. So, that's where one of the big connections came from, and... As I'm watching it, I, you know, the, the kid was the kid is great. He's fantastic in Stranger Things. Really great in it. Uh, the interesting thing about it is the kids who were really really good actors totally like took it to a new level. And then the kids that were okay still hung in there. They were still okay. Um, but the kid from Stranger Things, I, I just I was surprised at uh, how well he did. And his fear, as he said, was clowns. So there's a scene where he walks in and he's surrounded in this room full of clowns and there's clowns to the left of him, clowns to the right of him and everything. And as he gets closer to this coffin that's in the center of the room, to his left as he's looking, there is uh, an actual dummy of the Pennywise clown from the 90s. And I, I thought that was a really cool homage, something that was hard to pick up. You'd know, if you have to watch through it twice probably to catch it. I, I caught it, but I thought that was pretty neat. And... Um, The other Easter egg that I found was interesting was there's a point where Bill is in the room, and it's actually my favorite scene in the movie. Bill goes into his brother's room, and he he hears his brother in the house. And as he's sitting in his brother's room, he's playing with his Lego turtle. And the Lego turtle is actually an allusion to the book. In the book, which is connected in some way to the Dark Tower series, that turtle represents... Uh, some sort of creature that protects the 12 beams of the tower and blah, blah, blah. There's a whole thing of the mythology of the Dark Tower. And I I thought it was a neat thing to kind of sneak in there. I know the director said he he wanted to sneak the turtle in there. The turtle's supposed to be the arch nemesis of the It creature. So I I thought that was kind of neat. And uh, it also led me to my favorite scene in the movie where, uh, as you know, uh, Bill walks down into the basement... And he sees his brother in the water, and uh, you see the it creature kind of pop out. And and my favorite part, and I don't know if it was a practical effect or a CGI effect, I'd love to see at some point, Scott, if you could tell us, is uh, he he essentially is using the Georgie figure as a puppet that he's holding in his hand, and and he tries to grab Bill with it and slaps it down in the water and then reaches out himself, as like as if he were a, a puppet figure, too. And Bill runs away and escapes the creature. But I think it's interesting, and it led me back to my first point about talking about the difference between the Skarsgård Penny, Pennywise and the Tim Curry Pennywise. The the Skarsgård Pennywise is really... It, it, it's always a thing. It's never the shape that it's assumed. It's never truly you know, if it's Bill or not Bill, but Georgie or whatever shape it assumes, it's it's never fully that thing. It's, there's always something off about it. And I love the fact that he played it up as, a, as if he were some sort of like puppet that the other thing was using. And I just, I thought that was really cool. It was a really creepy scene. I thought it was, you know, I'm not really scared necessarily by movies, but I thought it was really creepy and well done. And, uh, just a really cool effect, and I, I, I would love to see the breakdown of how they did that.
1: Anything that you guys, are, are you double-checking my, my nonsense about the turtle? It took a while just to find a list of Easter eggs that wasn't in video form. Oh, that's <laughs> deep knowledge there. <laughs> Scott, I, I watched the movie one time, and
0: I've got that deep knowledge. Well, here's I have a list of uh, ten of them
1: here. Um, I don't care about the ten. I care about the three that I found. All right. Don't tell me about the ten. All right, I I won't to about you. No, you can tell me about the, the werewolf fingers coming out of the clown glove.
0: Uh, that's not, that is, that's a, that's a cop-out. That's, that's a connection to the 90s movie. That's totally
1: not, uh, that's not an Easter egg. That's BS. Skip it, next So that one. doesn't count. So, uh, beep, beep, Richie, when the clown says beep, beep, Richie to him, because that Why was, is this something to encourage him? Um, it was how the other clown, the other children used to tell him that he was crossing the line when he was talking and telling jokes and stuff. So it basically means jokes over Richie. Eh, okay, that's All a right. stretch. Alright, so yes, that's a stretch. Uh, let's see. Uh, The Bottle of Bob Gray. Um, One of the names is Bob Gray. The real name of the original Pennywise. Oh, it's Bob Gray, yeah. Um, In the novel, the Pennywise is actually a few different names. One of them is Robert Bob Gray. It's kind of like the real name of the original Pennywise. Uh, You see a bottle of Bob Gray lying in front of the New Bolt house in the 2017 remake. Okay. So, you... Meh, okay, missed that, but that's kind of
0: lame. Keep going. Um, Bill stuttering Chant. That's not, uh, no, that's not an easter egg. That's just part of what he does. Yeah, he thrusts his fingers against the post.
1: Keep going. Useless. Uh, Mike's backstory. How is that an easter egg? Alright. How could Mike's backstory be a fucking easter egg? In the film, Mike lost his parents in a terrible fire. He describes this horrifying memory of watching them burn alive. The book has very similar events that ties into the town of Derry's dark history. Um, feeding cycle come with the burning of black spots. The black spot was a bar that frequently by a large quantity of black soldiers from the nearby army. Next. Sounds know useful. what the hell keep about. Going. That makes no sense. So
0: the only valid Easter eggs so far are, I guess, oh, the ones that, I that, have that you've covered. covered. Thank you. So the tur- the, which one did you
1: find? The The turtle? Uh, no, the turtle was like one of the early one on, and you were talking about it for like an hour while I was reading this. So but the turtle one is, is one of the most critical ones because it ties
0: into the mythology of the Dark Tower. You know, when you have Stephen King who's so prolific and he writes so much stuff and he connects, you know, he makes an attempt to connect the Dark Tower. I mean, the Dark Tower is what, 12 books or something like that? And it is one of the longest books that he wrote. Like, he definitely does, uh, he tries to
2: find a way to intertwine the things. Yeah, so essentially Scott is is fucking useless in in finding anything. The only thing he's pretty much useful is since we're videotaping this, he gives people that are you know kind of on the edge of obesity that self confidence that you're not quite there yet. Um, So again, I'm sorry, we can have sex later. I I lubed up my asshole. Everything you say to me is turning me on. Oh my god! I'm probably just gonna fucking squirt it all my pants. Anyway, um, so the the losers' club. Anyway, in terms of the turtle, so that is kind of that big. Um, that big reveal in terms of the Easter egg. Um, that is his, his actual, I believe I'm looking it up, his name is Maturin, the turtle in question, is an ancient being that puked the universe out all over the void of nothingness that existed before the world. So that's kind of a, a load of horseshit, but it's Stephen King, and he probably did a whole bunch of drugs while he was writing this 1,100-page novel. So, um, it, and that is... Actually, in the book, the the turtle gives Bill the knowledge needed to defeat Pennywise. So that is, that's a big part of defeating Pennywise. Yeah, there's not no
0: even, way you would be able to put that in the movie that we saw. That just it would take you completely out of the movie. It would ruin any suspension of disbelief that you had. Like some interdimensional freaking turtle was going to tell you how to defeat Pennywise. Come on, that, that it, it works in a book, but it doesn't work in a
2: movie. And I'm glad that they threw it in there. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I get that, but the whole thing is that's what that's one of my tropes with the movie is they really don't explain. Like, yeah. what the fuck Pennywise is at all. He just shows up. They don't explain where he comes from. I mean, Pennywise. they sort of explain that he's, you know... J- too close. You, again, you sound like fucking Yoda fucking Scooby-Doo. So, um, they don't really explain too much about where he comes from, his powers, his real history. It's just kind of he shows up, he's a clown, he takes a whole bunch of other forms, and you just basically don't believe in him, and you don't fear him, and you beat him. That, that's pretty much the extent of how I... I got it in a very Well, how is it different from any other boogeyman? I, I think the the
0: one thing that I thought that was really tough to uh, understand and uh, something that uh, the, you know, the person I, I took the movie, I saw the movie with said was like, "What is up with the serial killer kid?" What I forget his name, Henry or what whoever the bully is. There's like a primary bully, the primary antagonist for the losers club and uh, at some point Pennywise Turns him into a serial killer somehow. Yet he accomplishes nothing other than killing his dad. Oh, that was really cool, though. I will say, anytime there was a TV on in any room and Pennywise was around, there was a show where they kept chanting. uh, They they were talking about clown. Oh, you should go visit the clowns in the sewers. You should definitely go do that. There's like a woman hosting like a show, and uh, they're chanting like, "Kill them all." Kill them all. I thought that was really cool. It was a, like a little inside uh, joke thing that I
1: thought was cool that they did. Henry Bowers was the name. And actually, in the original one, his I'll kill you all was pretty much his catchphrase, which was one of those... When you watch an old movie, you say, oh my god, I'm glad that they don't do this crap anymore. I'm glad they don't do the crap anymore. Did they do it in the new movie? What do you mean? like that? with Henry saying, I'll kill you all, I'll kill I don't, you all, re- and flashing the switchblade every five he seconds? He did... There
0: was like a thing about a switchblade, and he, lo- he like... I mean, it was brutal. There's, like, this little tubby kid, Ben, and, like, they carve like, his, an H into him or something. Like, it was pretty, like, messed up. And not to mention, that Ben kid must be, like, the Wolverine because every time he got hurt, he was like, oh, I'm good, bro.
1: I'm good. I healed up, man. That's, dude, what, dude that's why age. you're giving me a hard time about being fat. That's our secret as fat people is we have healing factors. Because of all the extra fat, it heals up quicker,
2: and we don't actually get hurt. Yeah, no, I one hundred percent agree. You definitely It's really just throat. this the sex the sexual tension that's going on over here. So
1: um Is that obvious that I was trying to play it off?
0: That was the one so
1: thing that hold I hold thought hands. though like as someone not well, yeah, they're stroking <laughs> beards. So as, as someone how good is that and it's amazing, isn't it? It's so soft. So as <laughs> if we're you're gonna come stroke the beard too, you can't. No, no. I'm trying to make a point about him Ballard. I so am I about my beard. <laughs>
0: So Henry Bowers is, uh, he? you know, he he kills his father. And then he goes and tries to kill uh, Mike. He accomplishes nothing and falls down the hole. In the newer or in the older movie that you saw, Scott, I, I know
1: he, he gets blamed for all the murders. Pennywise turned his hair white and then somehow tripped him into taking blame for all of it. So it's almost like Pennywise was able to uh, uh, hypnotize him into... Um, Taking the blame for everything and saying, Yeah, I did all those murders. So I think the same thing is probably gonna
0: happen in a new one. And but it made no sense at the time. When you're watching the movie, you're like, what in the world does Pennywise need this kid for? He basically turns him, has him and tells him to go kill the kids, accomplishes nothing, falls down a hole, and you're just like, Well, what was the point of that? But if you connect it to the second movie, you know, it's one of those cinema sins that you could probably forgive if you're in the moment, you know, when I was watching,
1: I was like, well, that's stupid, but I, I'll let it slide. Well, they did it better than in the first one when it comes to that concept because he yeah, had his hair turned white because he was scared. And they just kind of walked away from it. And later on when Pennywise finally comes back to him in a mental asylum is when he says, go kill everybody. So well, that was- it, wasn't, it wasn't leaving this big cliffhanger, this big dark spot where it's like, what, what was the point of this kid? It was like he got scared, his hair turned white. And then later they give a better explanation of of well, Pennywise's oh, Pennywise plan what it was.
0: Well, the interesting thing, too, is, uh, well, <laughs> first of all, that's one of the worst effects I've ever seen in a movie, ever, is when Pennywise is in the asylum with Henry Bowers as an adult, <laughs> and they go to confront this dumb guard that's like, was giving him a hard time or something. Still the worst acting, ever. And Pennywise, like, they do a snap, a snap cut to a dog, like like a a Doberman, like, coming down to, like, try to bark and bite at this guy, and I'm like, first of all, I don't know what you guys did to this dog to get him to do it, and the the editing was so poor, I mean, it really just killed, killed the movie. The effects, on some level, were just awful. Where the effects? In in the newer one, again, I, I think they hold up, I thought they were really cool, really creepy, the balloons, all that stuff, I... My last thought about it is just what what a great way to blend practical and special effects, you know, with the with the CGI, you know, and having like the Pennywise costume is so is fantastic. He's super goddamn creepy. There's not a point in the movie where you see him, and that's where you have to suspend your disbelief and you're going like, why the hell are these kids even talking to the sewer clown? Like nobody should talk to the sewer clown. But like I said, the CGI, they use it in kids' eyes. Like, all the kids' eyes look like they've been shined a little bit. Like, they have, like, a little glow to them. Like, he's like... D-. They're like, duh. Like, I should talk to this dumbass clown, you know, who's creeping in the sewers. So
1: basically they added CGI to make up for the fact that the storyline wasn't as strong. I think it, they wanted to do a very different take with Skarsgård, and he really wanted to
0: do, like, an uber-creepy clown. Like, he, like Tim Curry switches between, like... Bozo the Friendly Clown and Creepy Clown. Like and he's really there as a tormentor. I never felt like Skarsgard was there as a tormentor. I felt like he was there as a predator. He was a, a, a monster going to going after these kids. Not whereas I felt like Tim Curry was there to mess with them mentally and, and break them down and, and make them more afraid. I kind of felt like Skarsgard was just preying on them. Although when they weren't afraid anymore, they kind of like he had to back
2: off. So, yeah, and to kind of piggyback off that, obviously the, the two main takes, uh, Skarsgård's character in the, in the new one for Pennywise was more of this overarching powerful, you know, villain and, and demonic force where he didn't really need to be that playful clown. He didn't really need to, you know, draw those kids in. He could use his power and, and prestige and and you know use that hypnotic factor that that uh, Z mentioned over there, you know, that glow in the, the children's eyes to kind of get them to do whatever he wanted. He didn't really feel the need to be that playful clown. Um, as opposed to Tim Curry's character, that's more of a, that's a humanistic view of, of, of a character playing a human clown that's trying to trick these kids into thinking he is, you know, a clown and being friendly, as opposed to Skarsgård, where you, you don't really think he's a clown whatsoever. You just think he's some weird, creepy, demonic force that can probably fuck your shit up at any point in time. So, you know, in that regard, I, I think it was definitely successful, and, and it was definitely that creepy factor that, you know, Tim Curry definitely had, but that overall eerie sense of demonic force was definitely more present in in Skarsgård's character for the new remake.
1: You know, I'm also having trouble finding the quote now. I had it earlier, but I lost it. But basically, it was Skarsgård on playing Pennywise. He was conscious about not remaking Tim Curry's performance because you can't out Tim Curry a Tim Curry performance. You would want to. I, I, and I don't think that...
0: I think that's smart. I think the, the guy did a great job. So, I think that's all we have for today. Does anybody else have anything else? Any plugs that you want to do, Noob
2: Noob? I'm just fucking hungry and I want another free drink.
1: You'll float too! You'll float too!
2: I look forward to making you a floaty drink. You're right, there's a lot of tension
0: in this room.
1: You'll float
0: too. Well, I for one, um, the only thing I want to talk about is uh, Hometown Band. I'm a big fan of Circus Survive. The Amulet drops in about a week. I uh, love their new stuff. I think the new album is fantastic. Uh, you should go out and get it. Circus Survive, uh, Hometown Doyle's Town. They have a bunch of great videos on YouTube.
1: And. Um, that's all we have for uh, or You. Oh, you know what? Fuck you. I completely forgot. I do have shit to plug, all right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, our, our
0: director here actually yeah. does have things yeah. to plug. Why don't
1: I go ahead and do that? Um, coming up very soon, I have about a dozen comedy shorts as well as a full movie, which may or may not be a movie or a series of movies, but you can keep track of everything on either KeeblerMedia.com or ScottWillKillYou.com. Those websites are now up and running, and you can keep track of things going on. I'm not great at it yet, but it's a learning process, and it will keep getting better as time goes on. So stick in there, keep checking back in. There's a lot of new stuff coming there very soon. Yeah, and our reviews will continue to kill you, so uh, stay tuned for the next one. Thanks, everybody.